0: (laughs) The judge is like, well, this is your trial day, brother. If you ain't got it here, sorry.
1: Welcome to BizBuild Podcast, presented to you by the good folks here at Diamondback Tool Company. I'm the host of the show, Damani, head of sales and media for Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow me at Diamondback underscore Damani, that's D-A-M-A-N-I on Instagram. I'm here, as I will be on every episode, with Connor Crook, CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow him on Instagram at diamondback.toolbelts. The purpose of BizBuild is to provide listeners an inside track on what it takes to build a business. It is our hope that you can learn from our successes and pitfalls and siphon knowledge from our various expertise so that you can get an edge in the business of building something great. Great. Welcome to the Biz Build Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you like the podcast, please share it with a friend or someone you think might benefit uh, from what we discuss here. Also, if you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, please write us a review and give us a five-star rating. Ratings help us a ton, but the written reviews help us a lot more. The more reviews that we get, the more visibility we receive on Apple platform. And if you write us a review, We might shout you out on the podcast. So if you've been listening to the BizBuild podcast, you may have started a business because you were inspired to do so. And if you were listening to the BizBuild podcast, that business is probably successful because you figured out what you wanted to do, how to be different than your competitors, you established good relationships and you have contacts in place, you've identified your clientele, your supply chain is operating smoothly. But now you've run into a problem. It's a problem you can't resolve in a friendly way. Maybe it's with a client or an employee, and a lawsuit is manifested. Right now is where we uh, insert the law and order sound effect. Bong, bong. Bong, bong. It's a good thing we're here with the president and CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts, Connor Crook, who practiced law in a former life, he's not going to give you any law advice because that would be illegal. However, he might be able to help you navigate um, through a situation. And today we are going to talk about the anatomy of a construction law case. What is the most common type of dispute that we see that ends up in
0: court? So the most common type of lawsuit that you're going to find in the construction's field is... Sort of at the end of the day, it's when the project is winding down usually and bad blood has built to the point where the person trying to get paid, whether that be the sub in relation to a general or a general in relation to an owner, says, I'm out of here or they get fired. Right. Uh, Either they walk off the job or they get fired. And then, so they're going to now be looking for payment that hasn't come due to them because of whatever. And then on the other hand, the the payor, the owner or the general contractor is going to say, I'm not paying you for the work you've done because you did it wrong. So it's two sides of the same coin. There's workmanship on one side. There is getting paid on the other side. And that's where you see the most litigation come up. I imagine that the disputes on
1: workmanship are probably some of the most difficult. Um, in re- as opposed to disputes on payment, it's like, look, you agreed to do this for this amount, and I you know this amount wasn't paid, so let's dispute that. But workmanship, there seems to be probably a little gray area there because I imagine that the person doing the work kn- knows a little bit more about the workmanship than the person receiving the job.
0: You're right, the workmanship is a complicated issue, but the how much is owed is sometimes just as complicated. You know, the workmanship issue, it's sort of a mixture of factual and legal issues. And this is sort of common with, you know, any law case, you're going to have facts and you're going to have legal doctrines. Mm -hmm. The legal doctrine, in a lot of sense, in this type of thing, is industry standard. What's the industry standard? It might not be perfect, but, you know, come on, nobody's perfect. Is it good enough? And that can kind of shift in relation to some of the things we talked about earlier. Is this a production build or is this a custom build? Mm -hmm. Obviously, the industry standard when you're building that $10 million custom home that's supposed to be exactly like the owner wants it is going to be higher than the level of performance expected in a production build. Mm Mm-hmm. So there can be dispute about what is the industry standard for this project. Then you have to get into the basic facts. And, you know, the the simple fact is this is the kind of case where I have been on job sites with judges looking at paint. Wow. Is Is the drywall mud under the paint done right? Or are there too many bumps on the wall? That's how granular this gets. You can get the judge out of the courtroom? Judges like to get out of courtrooms, actually, because oh. you know they they want to get out. And uh, I always thought judges were just a torso with nothing underneath, like a weird you know sci-fi movie. They may not have pants on underneath, but, but they mm-hmm. they under those robes, but they do like to get Ooh, out. And, that's scary. I mean, to the extent that I can recall, a Saturday morning, because we'd had a, a an arbitration or mediation. I think it was arbitration we'd had, and we didn't finish up Friday night. The judge said, I want to go out and look at the house. Hmm. I had a 70-year-old man on his hands and knees crawling under the front porch to look at the stringers on a set of steps. Because he wanted to see it. Yeah. You know, we had been talking about it in the court. He's like, I want to get up under there. And I'm sitting there out by the road thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> What's going on? I was in my 30s at the time. I got this old man crawling up under the steps. What if he has a heart attack? <laughs> 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 this case is not going to end any time soon. that's how granular construction cases can get.
1: Wow. And so my understanding is that there's maybe two levels here of – going to court for a case like this. There's like maybe something similar to a small claims or a large claims.
0: Right. And so one of the things we we really want to focus on is not just walking through the court case, but uh, I want everybody to know it's expensive. And Mm -hmm. I want you to understand why it is as expensive as it is. And one of the first issues in that is a two-tiered court system. Almost every state has a two-tiered or more court system as far as trial courts. We're not talking about appeals or anything like that. And uh, and a, I was looking over the states the other day, and it can be anywhere from as low as 5,000 to as high as like 50,000 for when you can go to what we would call little boy court versus big boy court. Mm-hmm. And so the, the cost of each of those routes is going to be very different do you find
1: it to be more advantageous to make a small claim versus a larger claim i guess what i'm asking is is it harder to prove a larger
0: claim than it is to prove a smaller claim it's not necessarily harder it's 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 as we've talked about in other podcasts this is all you have to take a step back and think for a second of what your ultimate goal is because say here in virginia General District Court goes up to twenty five thousand dollars. Okay. If you're looking, and that would be a little boy court. That's a little boy court. When okay. you go to big boy court, you go hundred, two hundred, millions of dollars. Okay. And when you get up in the millions of dollars, obviously, you know, that's what you gotta do. Right. The the hard cases are the ones where you're at like, man, are, this guy owes me twenty eight thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a little the, bit more than twenty five. Right. But ain't a million. Right. And then you have to think about the steps to get from where I am today to a judgment, you know, not even thinking yet about collecting that judgment, how much that's gonna cost mm-hmm. in little boy court versus big boy court. And I feel like that's a cost, that
1: cost is not just a financial cost in dollars, but that's also a cost in time spent. It is
0: very much a cost in time spent because uh, in North Carolina, Virginia, states where I've practiced or the federal system, when you're in a, in a lower court, there's not the discovery process. Discovery is the things you've probably seen on, on TV, you know, the depositions, you know, where you have the guy you getting all of his testimony before the court. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it can take days and days and days to do all that. All the interviewing, let's the, get interviewing all this information. All the witnesses, yeah. hiring expert witnesses to come in and testify. You're going to have to send written interrogatories to the other side where you ask them written questions and they send you back answers. You're going to interrogatory. That's a big word for a question. Yeah, exactly. You're going to send ask for all of their documents. Mm. And then you're going to have to pay your lawyer to comb through all those documents. And that would include email correspondences, text messages, yeah, Ver, plus the plans, the whatever. Mm-hmm. I've had boxes from contractors that are, you know, notepads and everything else. And then as the lawyer I then have to either say to the other lawyer hey you can come over to my office and dig through all this crap or I have to pay somebody to make copies of all this stuff <laughs> which is of course going back onto the bill of the client right so when you talk about lo- a lower court it's a very streamlined process you don't have all that discovery we call it trial by ambush okay. it's like okay who are your witnesses who are your witnesses and, some, and then you like you show up and you put right. in the case. One side doesn't know what, what the other side is going to bring to the table. It's exciting. Right. And you have to be really prepared because you never know what's going to come at you. Um, that sounds like my kind of trial. Let's just roll with it. Start throwing punches. Well, what ends up happening is you see a lot of contractors mm-hmm. uh, come in who decide I'm going to represent myself. The other side has a lawyer and they're throwing out all this stuff. And The contractor's like, well, I got the documentation for that. I just got it at home. And the judge is like, "Well, this is your trial day, brother. If you ain't got it here, sorry." <laughs> and he's because he's a contractor,
1: he doesn't know how to motion for an extension or any of those other things that come from right. going to law
0: school, right? Um, and uh, you know, just just an aside there. In most states, you cannot represent your own LLC or corporation, okay. even if you're like, "Hey, well, it's a single member LLC. It's just me." In most states, it is not. So, Is it ever a good idea to go into court representing yourself? No, <laughs> <Not unless laughs> I feel like that's want. a dumb question. I mean, if you but... want to lose, that's great, right? Um, but no, and just you know, we've we've recommended in the past form your own LLC or corporation, your own business entity. Just know there are certain things like representing in court, which you can represent yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got a traffic ticket or whatever, right. but you can't represent your corporation or your LLC in most cases. Okay, so. We're in
1: small boy court. It's an ambush trial. I'm bringing my people, they're bringing their people. Um, I go in thinking this is an open-shut case. What what would be the biggest mistake that you've seen that people make going into that particular kind of situation?
0: Uh, There are a couple of things um, from a legal evidentiary side that are... Evidence is is the key, Mm -hmm. obviously, but... No, thinking about what we in the general world think of as being evidence versus what is legal evidence, mm-hmm. that's where you really run into issues. Um, like, for instance, you were talking about earlier, hey, it should be pretty easy to say, here's the contract and this is what you paid me and this is what you haven't paid me. Right. You're tuned in to the Biz Build
1: podcast. I'm Damani. And I'm Connor Crook.
0: Well... If, on the other hand, other side of that equation, I'm saying, well, okay, Damani, you screwed up. I had to fire you, and I had to pay Mike to come in and finish the stuff, and he charged me $50,000 to finish the job. And you're like, well, but there was only $10,000 left on the contract. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're going to have a whole separate issue about whether or not that was reasonable for Mike to charge me $50,000. Oh, I see. And so then Mike's going to have to come to court, mm-hmm. which I Oh crap! I didn't know I had to bring Mike to court too, right? Because Mike's going to have to come and testify. Well, I spent forty thousand dollars fixing this dude's mis- mistake. Exactly, huh? Exactly. He's going to have to testify about all the things that Damani screwed up. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I went. To I'm put up, always the person that screws up in this podcast. I I was going to put up the drywall and the framing that you know from Damani's framer had just totally jacked it up. So I had to rebuild mm-hmm. the house, right? Uh-huh. And then of course I had to mobilize my operation to get out there. I had to go and you know rent a trailer and da 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 da. I had to get off my other job site. I had to go f- I had to find subs to help me mm-hmm. who were tied up. So they of course charged me extra to do this thing in a drop of a hat. Order materials I wasn't expecting to order because I'm fixing somebody else's problem that should have been done. And in small units. And of course I ordered what I thought was going to be enough. Then I got in there and by the time I had to tear all Damani's work out, I ended up needing more mm-hmm. that that second man is gonna charge a whole lot more than the
1: first man. Wow, and so it's not—it's—it's it's never really an open-and-shut case when you go
0: in there. No, and the key thing is to know what evidence you need to have to prove all of those damages along the way, not just say, well, man, I didn't get paid. <laughs> it, seems, it sounds like a job for a lawyer. It's very tedious, and it's very difficult, and it is one of the most stressful things as a lawyer when you're having one of these cases because either in general district or circuit court, as we call them here in Virginia, You know, you've got to go through probably a list of things, and if you're lucky, you can work with the attorney on the other side beforehand and say, okay, look, we can agree that this didn't get done and that this probably needed to get fixed and da-da-da-da-da, and let's try to reduce the number of issues. Mm Mm-hmm you may not have that benefit you may have a lawyer on the other side we're going to fight every freaking thing and, 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 and. Okay, yeah, yeah, great this is really going to all right cowboy is, yeah this is great you know we're both going to make lots of money and both of our clients are going to lose uh-huh. but usually you end up with you know it could be 20 30 40 specific issues that you have to factually say this one wasn't done right this is how much it costs to fix it this one wasn't done right I haven't fixed it yet, but I have an estimate. So that means the guy who gave me the estimate, i got to get him into court to testify that here's an estimate, and it is a reasonable estimate, and is commercially reasonable. In my experience, that it is going to cost this much to fix this. So you might have a parade of witnesses about all these different issues. And if I'm the dude coming in to fix a job, the last thing I want to do is have to go to court just to get a job. So you might want to build that into that, you know, if you're the guy coming in, you know there's a lawsuit or either happening or about to happen, mm-hmm. you need to take that into account if you're gonna come into the job. You don't know what's gonna be it's like remodeling, you know, you never know what's behind the wall. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna come into the job and the owner's gonna say, Hey, contractor two, I had this hundred thousand dollar job, I paid the first guy ninety thousand and we had a bust up, so I owe him like 10. Can you finish it for 10?
1: <laughs> you're like, nah, dude. No. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's going to be way more than 10
0: because you're still in court over the situation. This is when you really start needing to be able to push that cost plus contract because mm-hmm. you don't know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a cost plus. It's going to be a time and materials. You're going to have to come in there and fix it. You're going to have to bill a lot, but you can't bill too much because there's a good chance you're going to be in court justifying what you build. Wow. And the worst part is if you do that work, you know, you, that $10,000 job turns into your $40,000 job, you go to court and you're like, judge, this is what all I had to do. And the judge like, you're full of it, man. You should have been able to do that for 30. Mm-hmm. And so now the owner has paid you 40. The judge has said only should have paid him 30. Mm-hmm. Guess who's going to be in a lawsuit now? <laughs>
1: Oh my god! And in, in, in an even worse case scenario, the person that you're going in to fix, you know, fix for, they lose their court case to the other person, mm-hmm. right? So the judgment goes against them. Now they're down monies, and they still owe you money. That just seems like another bad situation. My my, my mind's obviously going to the dark place with this entire scenario. Well, so
0: you know, the whole thing that you can sort of sum up all of these cases in a nutshell is on a workmanship compensation type claim like this, generally speaking, the payor and the payee, again, could be owner, general, general sub, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you're gonna be saying, Connor owes me 50,000. I'm gonna be saying Damani owes me 50,000. And at the end of the day, one of us is gonna get 10. Man. I mean, there are exceptions to that. Right, and and the lawyers are gonna get 40. And the the lawyers are gonna get 40, that's right. 20, (laughs) yeah, right.
1: Tune into the next episode of the BizBuild Podcast for part two of this conversation. You won't want to miss it. You've just been listening to the BizBuild Podcast. I'm your host, Damani. Follow me on Instagram at Diamondback underscore Damani. That's D-A-M-A-N-I. Or follow Connor on Instagram at diamondback.toolbelts. You can also find more about Diamondback by visiting our YouTube page or Facebook page. Hope you enjoyed what you heard here today, and we look forward to you joining us again on our next episodes. Take care. Don't forget to like and subscribe.